Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Shop Floor. Your OG retail gal pals, Ange and Lauren, are here to explore the secret universe of careers that start on the shop floor and venture far beyond. Tune in to this week's episode. Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange Miller. Today I have Jamie Rowland with me, and Jamie has an ex- extensive career within retail, um, which we would love to chat through with you today. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much, Ange. It's really good to be here. And um, I'm really excited to be, you know, an early guest on this. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. And you're <laughs> well and truly on the soapbox that I've been on for a long time. So Amazing. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> good. Excellent. We're excited to have you. Um, so, you know, a lot of our listeners, as you well know, come from retail. Um, and you yourself, obviously, your, your entire career has been um, centralized around retail. Why don't you start and give us a quick snapshot of um, your career and where it's kind of all taken you to? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like a lot of people who might be listening to this and and a lot of us who end up in retail, it very much is that end up in retail. We don't often (laughs) dream of of getting um, into a retail career while we're at school. It's, you know, it's all doctors and nurses and clowns and ballerinas <laughs> and I don't know. Um, and, and I was suddenly the same. Um, my Straight out of school, I, I went off and studied theatre and, and worked in that industry for a little while. Interesting. But yeah, yeah it, I, yeah. it has good stories attached. Yeah. <laughs> um, another pod for another day. Another podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, but the the thread that I guess ran through that, like for a lot of us, was all through school and university. I'd supported myself through with retail jobs because I grew up in a in a retail household. My mother was a national sales manager for various fashion brands for oh. most of my life. She owned her own department store business in New Zealand for oh. many years. Um, and so it was, you know, kind of in the blood. But yeah. like all good teenagers, I was adamant that I was never, ever, ever going to work in retail because <laughs> <laughs> <my> mother's. <laughs> here I am. Uh, <laughs> but where, where that, yeah. But where that really came from was, as I said, it had kind of gone from being the the job that I had, you know, casually in in the corner that paid my rent, so that I could mm-hmm. do the, the things that were really important, and you know, I was going to change the world, but. <laughs> Um, what I found over time as I moved through different roles in suddenly in the theatre space was actually I was really good at retail um, and really good at um, understanding how people think and helping them make decisions Um, and I just generally enjoyed the flexibility of retail you know we all know no two days are ever the same yeah being customer facing is so dynamic and you know sometimes it's stressful but a lot of the time it's a lot of fun and so I found myself in in a patch where I it was between theater gigs and my boss at the time had said ah our store manager has just resigned please will you do it I said fine but only for six months because (laughs) my my creative you know spirit cannot be trampled on for more than that amount of time I think I was 20 (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know here I am 20 something years later um, having not left retail 
Yeah. But what I found through that was that there were there was a lot of transferable skills. I'd been working as a stage manager mostly on musical theatre gigs mm-hmm. and that being a store manager is exactly the same job as being a stage manager. You yeah. need to ensure that people are where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be there, that everything is clean and set yeah. up. And- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that everyone knows what they're doing um, and that everyone leaves happy. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I I found that I was getting that same sense of fulfillment back in in retail that had been, you know, I think my first retail job was I I worked at Wendy's. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, when I was 14 and, um, you know, it kind of went from there. Yeah. That it, it transferred over really well and I just found myself never really wanting to go back um, which Amazing. was what told me this is where I need to be and yeah. this is something that I should take seriously. Yeah, amazing. So how long were you a store manager for before you, I suppose, moved up into a multi-site role or, or something along the lines of that? That's a good question. It's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was just yesterday. I'm, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> I mean, looking at your LinkedIn, it looks like it's something in the vicinity of around like 12, 13 years. Yeah. So I, I dipped in and out. Um, so was, was a store manager for, I don't know, probably five or six years before I went into multi-site roles. Yeah. Um, and, and that was with, High street brands, like I, I worked for Strandbags for a long time, um, mm-hmm. and then um, I moved into a multi-site role with Oriton Group. Ah, okay, um, right, okay, fine. And, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 from, continue. From there, the opportunity came up to move into luxury, which um, came out of having given uh, one of the team at George Jensen really great customer service while while I was with Oriton, and they said, "Why are you here?" <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. We, we believe in you, um, which was lovely. And um, and jewellery was not something that I'd thought of. You know, like uh, this seems to be a theme in, in my life. I end up doing things that I absolutely was never going to do, but they're, yeah. they're always the best decisions. Yeah. Um, that, um, yeah, that's when I, I moved into luxury, which meant that I stepped, I guess, back into being a store manager yeah. uh, in the luxury business um, suddenly it's it's a different structure to, to high street retail it's mm. it's less people but more responsibility mm. um, and and suddenly the the store manager role is um, is absolutely one of the most important roles you'll find in in most luxury businesses and mm. thankfully are considered as such you know that's, yeah that's right um, you yeah, yeah, you're definitely right there so tell tell for a lot of our listeners who may not have experienced a luxury um profile business before yeah. like when you say there's more responsibility what does that look like tell us I suppose maybe articulate what that responsibility looks like or what the differences are yeah, so I think it's it stems just from the um, I guess the caliber of customers, and when yeah. you're in really high ticket items, you know mm. the the range at um, certainly at George Jensen is is everywhere from a fifty dollar key ring through to you know a million dollar chandelier and mm. everything in between. Um, yeah, and and so when you're talking about a, a high ticket price and even for that $50 key ring $50 is a lot of money to spend on a key ring right so 100% um, yeah 
in in their categories, they're suddenly you know premium pricing for beautifully crafted goods. And so you're attracting a customer that values that and also values buying into the dream of the brand. Mm. Uh, and so supporting that and championing it is absolutely critical. Mm. And that requires um, quite a lot of training. Um, and so, you know, the focus on training of teams is is really significant. Yeah. And the I guess it, you move from a more transactional uh, retail style where, you know, anyone walks in the door and, and you look after them as best you can to a longer process where mm-hmm. someone might come and see you anywhere from you know, once if you're lucky, but uh, <laughs> 10 or 12 times before they commit to a purchase. Yeah. So really building those relationships. And, um, and because with most luxury goods, it's quite a, a personal and an important purchase you know, for an, a birthday or an anniversary or an engagement yeah. uh, that the emotion attached to that is huge. So you really become a, a part of that person's life, even if just for that period of time. Mm. Um, so it, it certainly is a, a more intense process than mm. what I had been used to in, in high street retail, which is much more fast paced. Uh, yes. But, but not as, I guess, strategic. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it's more of a sales journey, isn't it, with that, those luxury brands as opposed to, it's not transactional in high street. I don't want to say that like, no, it's like I you know. know in and out, but <laughs> it is more of that, you know, you're not necessarily going to see that person again. Whereas, you know, I know, for example, when I recruited luxury in London, um, you know, they wouldn't even look at part-timers in their boutiques because the client's, would just pop in to say hello and they want to see the person that has served them. Um, So, you know, or they want to go for coffee with the person who sold them, you know, their beautiful piece of jewellery. So, you know, there's, it's really different, isn't it? So um, it's an interesting one. So you obviously were working in fine jewellery for a while and then you moved to Murchison Hume, is that right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, Which was, yeah, you know, the first, well, actually, you know, another little sidestep that took me Mm. on, on a journey. I really believe in saying yes to things that come out of left field that grab your attention. Yeah. Um, and this was one of them. So I, a friend of mine was um, managing director there. They're a little startup that had just gone from, you know, husband and wife team um, had this great idea in their, you know, in their backyard, like most startups um, occur. And yeah. they'd just reached a point where they were um, expanding enough to take on a team. So I was a very early employee for them when they realized, actually, we might now need a sales and marketing um, division that we've grown as much as we can off our friends and word of mouth. And now it's time to to step it up and, um, and, you know, play properly. So yeah, I I joined them to do that because I said, I I knew people involved and I really appreciated what they were doing. Uh, They were actually one of the first brands that was playing in the eco-friendly cleaning space Ah. Um, and the business had started because Max Cater who founded it um, used to be an editor at Vogue in Asia um, and her kids were were both diagnosed with asthma and eczema and and, and a couple of yeah and she was told to take all of the cleaning products out of the house she said oh 
now all I can clean my house with is lemon juice and vinegar and my house smells like a fish and chip shop. This is unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Why why does eco-cleaning need to be depressing and and sad? So um, she followed um, the only people that were really working in that space at the time were maybe Aesop doing, Mm -hmm. you know, packaged organic skincare. And we said, well, why can't your house do that as well? Mm. Um, so that was, was really fun to be part of that journey early on and be going to, you know, sales meetings, um, primarily with wholesale distributors saying, well, yeah, we're, we're a luxury eco-friendly home cleaning product and (laughs) kind of say, sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Uh, Because it was before the likes of, you know, thank you or, um, you know, um, all of the kind of supermarket brands that are yeah. operating there. So it was a really challenging experience to be in that sort of really innovative space where no one quite understands what you're doing and you have to find a way to hook people. Mm. And as one of three employees, I learned an awful lot about everything. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly recommend to everyone, if you have the chance to get involved in a startup, just do it. Yeah. You'll get paid peanuts and you'll work crazy hours. <laughs> you'll, you know, I learned everything from how to connect the phone system to how to order liquid filling tubs from Asia and yeah. everything in between. <laughs> yeah, right. And it gives you a lot of learning opportunities. Absolutely. I say that all the time, you know, you've got to. I, I highly recommend experiencing businesses on both ends of the spectrum because they they have they both have their challenges, you know, they've both got pros and cons and you know, there's things about those businesses that will drive you bonkers, but there's things about them that you'll absolutely love, but you really genuinely wouldn't have been able to um to get uh, you know, if you or have access to those opportunities, you know, in some of those big organisations, it just wouldn't even cross your path. So, yeah, I fully endorse that. Absolutely. And then you ended up back at George Jensen. Is that right? I did. I yeah. did. Um, and my, so my boss at George Jensen is awesome and, you know, hopefully she'll listen to this one day and, and appreciate that I'm giving you <laughs> huge props. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and we'd had a a few, you know, kind of catch-ups in my time at, at Murchison Hume and she kept saying, are you ready to come back yet? Are you ready to come back yet? Yeah. No, no. She said, okay, now are you ready to come back? And, um, once national, um, retail manager was on the table, I was absolutely ready to come back. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) For the right role. Absolutely. Um, Okay, cool. I'd always loved the brand, um, you know, was, had a fantastic time in my first stint there yeah. the people and and really only left because I was um getting a little bit bored as a store manager and knew that I needed to push myself yeah um and and so yeah the the chance to come back was was awesome um yeah we have a long-running joke at Josh Jensen that it's Hotel California because <laughs> you can check out but you can't ever really leave <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, okay. Lots of people there on their second or third, or or I think the the current um, store manager in one of the Sydney stores is on her sixth time around with George Jensen. Get out! That's amazing. <laughs> Which actually obviously speaks really highly for the business, doesn't it? That people 
were really happy to come back, um, which is great. But what advice do you have then for, and, and having, you know, managed store managers, and I'm sure you've seen all sorts on this spectrum of performance, you know, we get a lot of people who, feel really frustrated by that sort of glass ceiling of store management because we know that there are far less regional or national or area manager roles available. Like what what did you do or what advice do you have to get yourself noticed? Yeah, and and I certainly had that same experience. Mm. Every move that I made earlier in my career was because I'd hit um, a little bit of boredom and frustration and... Mm you know, that wonderful catch-22 of we can't give you the role because you don't have multi-site experience. (laughs) How do I get it? (laughs) (laughs) But I I think thinking a bit more laterally and and going and finding different experiences, whether that's Mm. leaving the role and, and, you know, making a really big move or um, volunteering or, or finding another way to expand I guess, your horizons. I Mm. think for me, when I think about times when I've had someone in my team who's been looking to take that step up and I haven't thought they're ready yet, it's because I think they need a broader worldview that Mm. retail can be quite, um, you know, uh, I guess, tunnel vision kind of industry it's it's a small industry and we all know each other and Mm. and that's awesome but um I think it it leads you to I guess make decisions that are um you know that come from the experience that you've had yeah absolutely yeah And, and so I think seeking as many different experiences as you can only broadens your ability to make better decisions in the long term and and think about things from different perspectives um, Mm. and take a, I guess, a more strategic overview of things when you can consider, um, I guess, different examples from whether it's different industries or different companies. Um, Mm. So that's where, where I would always say, go and push yourself, learn something new, take a course, do anything, just, you Mm. know, don't stagnate and um, and get grumpy. Mm. Go and, and find a way to demonstrate that you're always learning and, yeah. um, and always asking questions and always thinking about things in, in a slightly different way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's a really interesting point because I think if I'm always really impressed by people that can ask the tough questions of their store, <laughs> Um, but also of themselves, you know, of saying, you know, like being able to honestly say, what am I not so great at and how, what kind of plan could I put in place to be better? You know, not, not necessarily, you know, picking on yourself and saying, oh, I'm not fabulous at um, organisation or, you know, things like that. It's not about getting into a mindset of being like, oh, what, are I, what am I really crap at? It's about like what am I not as strong at and then truly believing that you can make that become a strength. Um, you know, when I started as a store manager, I was so disorganised. I was, um, I definitely did not give one shit about my back room. Like I was like, whatever. Um, you know, so it, it, like it, I just didn't click that that was the really vital part of being a store manager. But then I was constantly aware or, you know, would go visit someone else's store and see 
how immaculate theirs was. And I thought, oh, okay, there's a little bit of a difference here. Um, and, and I genuinely focused on trying to become more methodical, um, you know, more committed to creating patterns of habit and things like that. And once you, once you start making that, I mean, that's a habit for lifetime now. And, you know, now I am, I am really organised and I am really methodical and I am, you know, very structured. Um, but those things didn't naturally come to me um, as they a young... They come to most people, don't worry. I know, I know. <laughs> I know that now. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I love to see people that are, you know, aware, show enough self-awareness and emotional intelligence to say this. It doesn't come naturally to me, but I've worked really hard to make it a strength of mine. And I think that if more people did that, they would um, certainly get a lot further um, in in their careers quicker. Um, But interestingly enough, because this is a really big topic for a lot of, you know, um, career retailers, is that we tend to find people that maybe did a degree that is, you know, not business focused, or perhaps they started a degree and they didn't finish it or whatever. And then I speak to a lot of people who, when they go to talk about their professional experience or their credentials, they feel really embarrassed um, about working in the retail industry. And I'm really curious to chat to you because obviously you did um, your bachelor in theatre, um, which coincidentally is, you know, super relevant to retail, you know, um, when we worked in in London, we used to target um, actors and theatre workers because they were phenomenal um, on the shop floor. Um, But you actually went back in 2017 and did your MBA. So what made you decide to undertake that? Yeah, um, a a couple of things. Um, Firstly, I was getting to that board part again and and I know that in myself and I know that I need I need to be busy and I need external drivers to keep me motivated yeah Um, so you know we all learn things about ourselves along the way and and that was was one for me so um it was about saying actually I love the job that I do and I love I I don't want to leave um but I need to to really challenge myself if I'm going to give a hundred percent to the job that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, That was part of it. And the other part was looking around, like you touched on earlier about, um, you know, there's a lot of store managers, there's a lot of people working in retail. And as you go further up the tree, there's not as many roles and it becomes a lot more competitive. And one of the things that I noticed, you know, kind of partway through my career when I was starting to hit that ceiling was that the people who were in those, you know, sort of higher executive positions um, all came from different backgrounds Mm. or they all had formal qualifications and that the balance of men in executive roles in retail versus, um, you know, on the shop floor was not something I agreed with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, How politely is that put? Um, (laughs) Very PC, absolutely. And, And so I looked at that and said, okay, well, why? Um, And suddenly it was that, you know, I I looked at the fact that they'd 
come from business degree backgrounds or, Mm. um, you know, whatever might be something completely unrelated or they'd come from finance or whatever Mm -hmm. it was and, and ended up in retail coming in at a more senior level because they, they had that experience that they'd bought across and that perhaps the shop floor experience wasn't being valued as highly in those roles, which to this day drives me absolutely bananas and I'm on a mission, Ange. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it. I thought, well, the only way to beat this is, is kind of to join it. Um, yeah. And I felt that doing my MBA would um, give me that credibility that perhaps I was um, not being granted otherwise. Um, yeah. And so took myself off and and did the the longest hardest MBA in the country because you know if you're going to do something just go all in um yeah okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> and did you work full time at the same time I did I did oh wow um, okay which was was challenging you know running running a national business with I think at that stage I had a team of 17 direct reports wow. um and and trying to do this quite demanding degree um around the edges was yeah um was fun but as I said kept me busy and it meant because I was working full-time I had an immediate transfer of everything I was learning into my job you know I, I think I yeah. drove everyone at work crazy going into the office on Monday mornings after a weekend in in lectures and saying oh we have to do this thing I love this <laughs> thing we're you know <laughs> Why are we not doing this? <laughs> you are my guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Love it. But but yeah, suddenly for me, um, having that um, I guess tangible, practical way to apply it instantly was mm. was a really important part of the way that I learn. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it was was certainly an interesting process, and it was great to be surrounded by. Um, so many other industries, people people working in so many different fields, um, some from retail, um, you know, suddenly the, you know, the big box retailers like Woolworths are, are mm-hmm. really committed to putting their teams through those higher education programs, which I think is awesome. Mm. Um, and, and so a few of us, us there from kind of the retail or consumer goods world, but lots of people in, you know, finance and engineering and, medicine and all sorts of different um, avenues and coming together and realizing that your experiences are actually not that different Mm -hmm. and um, you know your your intelligence or the way you think about things or solve problems is is not any less because you work in retail Mm. Um, even though you know we often feel like we're I guess lesser than because we work in a shop I I just I've struggled with that myself, so I get yeah. it. But, yeah. Um, I absolutely think it's all perception and none of mm. it's valid. Um, and what I found through that course was compared to people who'd perhaps gone through a more formal kind of a corporate career path, that I'd been managing people since I was 17 mm. and I'd been responsible for budgets and, you know, physical assets and all sorts of things from a really young age whereas they were kind of getting their first taste of managing you know one person under them at 25 or 26 Mm. um and just the the difference in I guess um 
you know, understanding of how people work and are motivated and, um, you know, all of that sort of thing was, was quite surprising to me. Mm. At mm. That time. And it really gave me a huge confidence boost in terms of saying, well, actually, I've been doing this for years. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this thing that I just took for granted because it's just what we do in retail. Yeah. It's actually a really valuable skill, you know, the, that now in so many corporate industries, um, the focus is shifting to those soft skills. It's shifting to having a, a better understanding of I said, how, your, how your team think and how different people are motivated by different things and, mm. um, and yeah, how to, how to get the best out of your teams by empowering them more younger and, um, you know, at more junior levels because that's so important to feeling like you're contributing and, and valuable. Mm. So that was was incredibly um, inspiring for me to to see that and know that actually we've got this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you know, kind of on more the process side, you know, the the kind of I guess the buzzwords in lots of you know kind of corporate arenas at the moment are all about lean and agile innovation. Yeah, you know, Six Sigma this and that. Yeah. And it's all about you know yeah refining your processes and testing things and failing quickly and learning and and yeah. you know it's it's all so revolutionary and people go through yeah courses to to learn how to do this and every retailer i know does it with their eyes closed yeah you know, lean businesses um, <laughs> yeah absolutely we do not have time to sit around and talk at length about how to solve a problem we just have to do it yeah that's <laughs> so true someone is yelling at us so yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're so true that's so true well so what was the biggest takeaway from your mba like what what is the biggest thing you feel like it's giving you professionally Okay, I'm going to say two things. Yeah, sure. First I'm going to say is that it is important to keep learning mm. and it is important to keep learning from lots of different sources. And mm. I know that a lot of people who fall into retail do so because formal education didn't work out for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're all people focused and, and sitting reading a book is tedious yeah but, <laughs> but there are so many different ways that you can learn you can listen to podcasts you mm -hmm. can um you know linkedin learning is amazing like there are just oh, yeah. so many more i guess dynamic and interactive ways to keep learning and um you know being curious about the world than than i guess there used to be when you know i first came out of school yeah um so that for me was was a really um, important, I guess, discipline that I learned from doing my MBA was just how much is already out there that someone mm -hmm. has already done the work on. Mm -hmm. why, you know, why struggle through and try and figure it out yourself when you can, you know, access all of this amazing wisdom from different people all over the world in lots of different industries and, and think about how you can apply that in your own. So that's one. Yeah. The second thing I learned kind of contradicts the first and yeah. that I already knew what I needed to know mm. um, and that, you know, I think a lot of particularly women in retail um, because we've fallen into it and maybe we don't have the qualifications that, you know, our friends in other industries have and um, that sort of thing that we, we discount 
who we are and what we do and mm. value it. And that's, I don't think that's valid. Um, no. You know, what, what I learned from my MBA was how to, it was effectively a different language. It was mm-hmm. I the wanky business language yeah. <laughs> that Love I can it. turn yeah. on when I need to. Um, but the reality was it's just a different way of saying exactly the things that we already have in our heads but it's a way of saying it that connects with the people that are making decisions. Mm, absolutely. And, and so being, being confident that you can articulate your opinion in a way that senior stakeholders in your business will understand and mm-hmm. appreciate and I guess validate is so important. 100%, uh, yeah. And, once so, you- and really it needs to be how can I save you money, how can I make you money? I yeah. mean, those are the things that they want to hear, right? Yeah. Uh- and it's framing it in a way that they understand. And yeah. for me what's been, I guess, the most liberating is knowing that language and being able to talk in, you know, I said like business bingo about, you know, pivoting and, and innovating, yeah. and, you know, mm. moving forward and uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, means that I now have the confidence to actively reject that language yeah. and just say, this is what I believe and this is what I passionately think that we should be doing mm. and these are the reasons why. So it's, it's really been largely about confidence. I knew yeah. it already. I just didn't know how to articulate it. Yeah. And was that part of that conversation? So because obviously after George Jensen, you moved into a different industry. So do you think that that sort of came about from some of those realisations that you had during your MBA? A million percent. Mm. Um, That, yeah, that being able to demonstrate that I, um, you know, kind of, I guess, understood how to apply things in different contexts. Yeah. Um, I said, be curious and think about problems in a different way was absolutely, oh, I'm going to say pivotal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We love a good buzzword around here, don't worry. But it was, it was pivotal in me securing that role. Yeah. Because um, I needed to demonstrate that I could, sell my ideas to the right people internally and that meant, yeah. I said speaking their language yeah absolutely it's important to them mm. so really it was about sort of executing a bit of a plan then yeah and I think that that's part of it right is is you've said you really value um you want people to value their retail career and understand how immensely transferable it is. And, um, you know, but it's about understanding, like we said, what is it that you can do for that potential employer? What can you do? You know, and it's not about necessarily doing something that someone else can't, but it is just about how you articulate it to say, I understand what you need from this role and this is how my experience relates and that's how I would deliver it. And a lot of people sometimes, you know, would start that conversation with like, oh, I know I don't have the exact right experience or I know I don't, you know. And so by starting with that, you're already putting that kind of 
doubt into the conversation of like, oh, well, I don't have the right experience instead of like, yeah. Don't apologize. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Don't apologize for that. It's so, and I mean, you do so much on the retail spectrum, right? You know, and like you mentioned it already, um, people management, um, you know, from profit and loss for some businesses, you know, all sales management, shrinkage, like you really get, like the full kind of spectrum of a business, um, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, And with the changing retail climate, you know, there's times you're going to have to be more proactive about getting customers through the door. Um, You know, those are things that people who haven't worked in retail might not have the experience or exposure of. So they definitely don't have the same level of grit or um, sales focus that you need to have in retail because you've got to ring through at the end of the day and talk about your KPIs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we all know by now, well, maybe it might be different this week with the Sydney floods, but, you know, you can't talk about the weather, you know, when you're in retail, like, sorry, we didn't make budget today because of the weather. Like no one wants to hear that excuse. So, um, no, you're so right. And and you touched on these um, um, soft skills. And actually, you know, that is a really big focus at the moment because uh, graduates that are coming out of um, tertiary education are, um, there's actually a lot of studies on this that, you know, secondary schools and tertiary provi- education providers are not... Uh, successfully meeting the the needs of um, those soft skills. You know, they're not creating environments where those soft skills are developed, um, where they're like real-life situations that people actually can take into an employer, you know, whether that's emotional intelligence and, and understanding how to motivate people and that everyone's going to be different in terms of what motivates them, um, you know, whether it's adaptability, flexibility, resilience, um, you know, all of those words. And it's, I, I, I am a huge believer that retail gives you all of those soft skills, like in a big, big way. Um, Without a doubt. <laughs> and, and that is what employers are saying today. Like, hey, there's a really big gap between graduates and um, entering the market, you know, that um, they haven't been provided with those opportunities to develop those soft skills. Um, so those soft skills are actually um, much more valuable than your technical skill set because of how quickly the, um, you know, everything's changing and developing and new technology is being, um, you know, introduced and uh, the amount of roles that are going to be obsolete in 10, 10 years' time, um, huge. But what won't be replaced is anything that needs those soft skills because you can't replace soft skills of technology so you know definitely I, I'm, I'm a huge believer I'm right there on the soapbox with you about about retail so I mean what piece of advice would you give anyone who isn't feeling like they you know value their experience in retail or feel that proud of it like what bite would you leave us with today I would say take it seriously yourself yeah that because just because it's a career that you've fallen into, because yeah, just have, um, don't continue down that path. Yeah, that if you if you want to be taken seriously, if you want to build a really strong career in retail, you have to be proactive about it. 
and mm-hmm. and you have to push yourself even if you're not being pushed yeah um, because that's that's how you get those opportunities to to get ahead is mm-hmm. as I said, you know you said it early on when you're realize when you go to another store that their back room is much cleaner than yours no one's talking about it but it's definitely being noticed yeah Um, so I think being proactive about challenging yourself to do the best job you can today in your role but also challenging yourself to go beyond it and yeah think about things in a different way and um, and push yourself into new experiences is the best way to to really build a really strong and I guess diverse career where you can demonstrate those transferable skills. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic. And what's next for you? Are you aiming to be the next CEO of um, a jewelry brand, or what? What's next in the pipeline for you? I don't know. Um, yeah. And- <laughs> And the, the reason I say that is not because, you know, I don't have hopes and dreams and plans and all that sort of thing that everyone has. It's because, as I said, the, the times when I've learned the most or had the best opportunities land in my lap have been when I've been open to something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you know, I've just said yes to whatever the universe is, is throwing at me. If it grabs my attention and it's exciting and intriguing and I don't quite yet see what the answer is to it, that's the thing I need to do next. Mm. Um, and that's what's led me into I'm, I'm now in retail consulting, um, yeah. which is super exciting because I get to help solve all the problems. Um, Amazing. That's so much fun. I, I really enjoy that opportunity to, I said, pick up and take things from, from different contexts and apply them in a new way and say, hey, you know, we all kind of get, I guess, a little bit stuck in our day-to-day and, and we do, we end up on, on a particular path, but yeah. what else is out there and how can we think about this in a new way? So exciting me at the moment. Beautiful. Never oh, say Dave. never. You never know what's around the corner. <laughs> That's so, no, you're so right. You're so right. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> no problem. 